until you have been victimized or exported by this prisoner, please contact customer service at 855-466-4666. All subject matter in the preceding podcast is entirely alleged and not admissible in a court of law. A recklessly minimal effort has been taken to change the names and details of any guilty parties. And just in case you rat bastards get any ideas, the hosts of this podcast are notorious and well-documented liars with no legally admissible credibility. This is Mama C, and you're listening to Notes from the Pin podcast. Welcome to prison, bitch. Greetings from the prison industrial complex. This is the Notes from the Pin podcast. And I am commander of this vessel, Freddie Schnertz. Of course, I have along with me the co-host, the one you want to hear, although Blaze didn't do a bad job. Chino, what's up? Hey, I'm the former co-host, now just occasional guest, Bobby C., a.k.a. Chino C. Good <laughs> to be back. I'm on a little, uh, a little bugged out from, being, from not leaving myself for three days, other than for chow. Jacked up on uh, blue bag. That's some like inside baseball for the listeners. Blue bag means the Maxwell coffee, like the really expensive coffee. Which I drink the orange bag, which is like three oh fives or or whatever your local regional brand of shitty cigarettes is. Alturo is the coffee I drink. It's super strong. Uh, apparently, allegedly, it tastes terrible. I don't know the way I drink it. I don't really. I'm not. I'm not in here for. I'm not here to sip lattes and drink nice coffee i'm here for the effect so uh i'm jacked up on that ready to go what's up what's up what's up what's up today in our program we're gonna have uh we're gonna have story time with bobby as usual kind of kick it back to uh, our normal uh program but we're kind of we're kind of going back along the lines of the uh incarceration storyline only this covers, uh, chronologically, this covers a little area from CHOP and into having having CHOP as a bunkie and then having Scott as a bunkie and then maybe a little bit further than that. I don't know because Bobby hasn't told me uh, this story yet. So we're going to let it go. I mean, Bobby hasn't told me this fictitious, alleged, this, yeah. this complete uh, malarkey, as one presidential candidate might want to call it, story. Yeah, this is all, um, I'm a creative writer, everyone knows that. This is, uh, this one especially needs to be stated that it is a work of fiction on my part. Uh, I was in level four, it's a lot of time to write. And so, uh, yeah, I want to, I was going to cover, uh, some, the entrance into a fraternity and then maybe like cap it off with the first time the story ends with the first time, uh, to put in work. And I got something in my eye. It's almost like I'm blinking, but only with one eye. Yeah. Go ahead, go ahead, Bobby. That's all. I think there's a term. I think there's a term for it. Maybe. I wouldn't know what it is. So, um, all right. So, are we just going to delve into this? I need any more setup from the old captain, or we got this ship uh, uh, full steam ahead? No, we got full sails. Let's do it. Following seas. All right. So, sometime during the time that. Uh, in this story, the time that me and Chop were bunkies. I so this is level four, and in level four, you're only out of your cell for two forty-five minute yards a day, and you got to take care of everything in it. At, at this specific um, facility, you had to take care of everything. You had to do your showers, the phone time, microwave, uh, JPay time, any exercise or rec time you wanted to do, any socializing. Two forty-five minute yards, and. In order to get out of the cell more, so you're not stir crazy, you people sign up for what's called call-outs, which is institutional stuff. Like you can sign up for the library once or twice a week, um, and you'll get a call-out twice a week, however much you sign up for. I think twice is the max. So you could do law library. It's real limited. You can sign up for a gym. So I'm signing up for stuff, and one of the things that you can get out for at night for is like AA or NA or... Um, certain like programming like that, which is just real minimal stuff. So I sign up for, I think I signed up for AA and NA. Um, now what I didn't know was that fraternities use specific call-outs on specific days in order to be able to have little juntas, as, we say, as we'd say, meetings and stuff. And so I didn't know that. So, you know, I'm going to these things and was my first uh, run-in 
with um, a specific fret. Now, when I first came down, I had people ask me, you rotate, you rotate, and I was like, what does that mean? And I was like, no. So, you know, people are always watching you in prison. That's the thing, especially level four is the maximum security prison. People are always watching you, and you know you're being watched, and I'm going about my business, doing my thing, and then I wind up in... um, in a, in a group where there's a specific fraternity there, and I didn't know there were specific. I mean, there's other people there, maybe one or two guys. There's probably only one. There's probably about seven of us, and it's in this small room, and it's three tables made in a U shape, and then the gap where the of the U is like a TV and in a little a little desk where a teacher would uh, a guest would come in and talk about NAAA, and then we'd watch videos and stuff. A hundred percent of the people there were there to get out of. Uh, out of their cells, and then some of the, that 100% were also there to have meetings and stuff. So that was kind of my first introduction into some a, a certain fraternity that um, that I liked. I liked these guys, didn't know they were part of it, and um, it kind of went on from there. And uh, I wasn't asking anything or trying to get down or nothing. We would just kick it and walk to and from the place and, and hang out and kick it and you know, there'd be times when I realized that they were part of them, they'd be like, can you give us a second? And, and you know, they'd be talking and whatnot. And uh, eventually I start getting the, the the spiel, like, hey, bro, I've been, um, we've been watching you and stuff, and uh, you got some good qualities, man. And the first time it was said to me was like, they said, I, I might have covered this before, they said, uh, this dude, uh, We'll call him uh, TJ. TJ says, uh, hey, bro, when are you coming home? I'm like, what, what, again, what does that mean? And then uh, he's like, no, never mind. And we just kind of talk going back. And I think Chop might have told me what coming home means. They're like, oh, he wants to see if they're interested in recruiting you into the fraternity. And uh, around the same time, there was a couple, like within the next two days, this other other fraternity asked me to coming back from the, the, the weight pit. You have one minute remaining. And there was all there was a little dispute on like, which was flattering on some like, hey, I called them first, type shit. But both of these fraternities were under were on the same side of the road, um, as far as fraternities go. They they weren't obviously the same branch, but they were they were uh, they were allies, not enemies. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You explained to me before how uh, there's a, a seriously a, a pretty good divisional line uh, between the left and the right or between this branch and that branch. There's a major fork in the trunk of, of the tree, and there's a bunch of fraternities on this uh, side of the fork, and there's a bunch of fraternities on this side of the fork, and they're all different branches. Yeah, and they're all, this is the Chicago road of fraternities. There's also a California road of fraternities that everyone knows about. Yeah. Reds and blues and all that they're whole different trees. Yeah. Yep, yep. Yeah. But we're mainly Chicago, uh, you know, Midwest. Makes sense. So, but we're I don't Michigan. know any of this. I don't. Yeah. Thank you for using GTL. Yeah. All right. So, uh, so yeah. So most of the stuff here is is the Chicago-based fraternities, and on that side, um, where it forks on one side. Well, they're, they're both pretty much mirror images of each other, which eventually makes you realize how kind of fucking silly some of it is or arbitrary but you know there's like i said michigan isn't divided into uh racial fraternities there's some that are like the religious based one like nation of islam and stuff that you're not going to find white people they can't be in it but the fraternities in our state and the fraternities you know out in the world of these fraternities are more there's more leeway for uh some to be mixed up racially but there's still they have predominant ones so there so there's like a, a predominantly black one where there's you'll find you know nine or 19 out of 20 are black and then maybe there's an occasional white guy there's maybe two latinos or whatever the fraternity uh, that was at the na stuff was um racially mixed but it was more latinos asians and white people um but it originated as a, as a latino fraternity so uh 
those were the guys that I was hanging out with already. So after this little kind of flattering thing, like, oh, man, so-and-so, well, he gets this and this guy, and they were, like, kind of hashing it out in real time, like, who had, like, the dibs to holler at me first. And they were like, look, we don't see any like how you, how you move. And, you know, TJ was already like, look, I've already been building with them, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, hey, hold on, this ain't just because you're going to ask this old, this old fine girl to a dance doesn't mean you're, I'm going with either of you. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. So um, I was like, well, listen, I'm flattered, but, uh, you know, I'm just in here doing my own thing, whatever. And then, you know, I keep going to the N.A. where TJ has more of an opportunity to, like, start throwing things out there. And I ask certain questions. You know, he's pretty... He's pretty, like, relentless on, on making me a fraternity brother. And so I'll ask questions. And then, you know, part of this, without fully going into it all, you know, the fraternity originally started way back in the day, like a long time ago, like in the 50s. And it started in, in Chicago as a way for the voiceless, the minorities, to band together and to have a little bit of a say and to, to police themselves and and to um, help people in their community and, and, and stuff like that, you know, uh, good beginnings. I liked all that. You know me. That, you could see how that would, where I'd be like, yeah, that's, I like that. And, the, and you know, as I learn more, you know, you get the, the, the pitch, especially by someone who's really in love with the fraternity, which he was. You know, and you see the rosy side and you see all the good stuff that it's supposed to be. And it's about, you know, honor and devotion and and loyalty and love. Those are like some of the main principles. I can't go too deep into, into it. But uh, there's some things in there that I definitely liked. And and even like socially in, in, the, in the environment I was, I think we went over this a little bit. You can remind me if we have or haven't, about how this, I saw it as a way to control who you're around, to have an un, an unspoken, uh, but though official understanding of codes of conduct, how you act, and and you already know if someone's in a fraternity that that they they live by these uh, these principles and whatnot. You know what I mean? No, oh, yeah, they're beyond convict. They're uh, they're all definitely going to be convicts instead of inmates. But then they also have additional rules that their certain fraternity adheres to. Yeah, and I think we went over some of them. Like there, there's like stealing some of them, um, un, uh, like un, like unsolicited sexual advances, even against like the staff members that work here and stuff like that. You know what I mean? And so there's like there's some good shit in it, and it seemed at the at the time that uh, it was like a it made a lot of sense to me. And like I said, I'm looking down a 12 year sentence and. You know, you know, anybody can relate to this in, in maybe not on paper, but in the way that, you know, a relationship seems really, really fun and exciting. You know, if someone shows interest and, and you have a lot in common, you're swept off your feet. And then you fast forward five, six, however many years, and you're like, oh, yeah, but I also didn't know he or she was um, an adult, you know, couldn't keep his dick in his pants or, or is a klepto or has depression or whatever, <laughs> addiction. And then you start seeing some other stuff. And so this is like the rosy time. And I was like, yeah, why not? What's up? But I don't do, you know, you, this probably won't surprise you either. I don't really do shit halfway. So eventually I'm like, well, what would it entail? You know, and obviously there's like probationary period. Pledging, as they would say. Right. And uh, so this is a fine line I got to walk here. So some of the things that happen when, you're, when, you, start, when you start to pledge is it's a certain amount of time, right? It's it's like three months. It's one to three months, depending on who you are, what you, and whatnot. And technically, during all this time, you're you're like uh, you hang around. You'll do like some some menial like grunt work, um, hold certain things, make certain things, do little fucking errands and shit. But you're not supposed to put in any work, meaning like violence or anything that. Probably you'd have you'd want to be a, a full board, um, a, a full fraternity brother to take care of. And um, during this time, during this little um, pledge time, is there hazing? Stealing you out? 
No, no. I mean, yeah, in a way, but not in like a demoralizing like shit on you. But it's like, hey, man, go get me some water or whatever. You know, I didn't experience that. We were in a maximum security prison. So there wasn't a lot of time for it. But if it was like, hey, go grab this from so and so. Go pick up these. This dude owes me money. Go grab these soups from him or whatever and bring them here. You know what I mean? I, but I'm already on the like I don't do shit halfway let's go what's up and you know part of this probably I approached it a lot like with a lot of the qualities I learned from like working with you for you you know like all right slap my hands together rub them together like what's up what are we doing what's going on who needs to do what was your memory of me probably wasn't me doing that much (laughs) (laughs) no on your more lucid days for sure yeah that shit carried over I wasn't saying what you will about me I I, I might show up late and hungover, but when I start working, I start working. I'm not, you know what I mean? I'm not trying to do any slack shit or have anyone carry my weight for me. I'm like, let's do this thing. So I approach that with this too, and I'm like, all right, what's up? We're doing everything full steam. Oh, I got to learn a bunch of, what they call it, lit, literature about the history of the fraternity. Uh, you got to memorize an opening, closing, an oath, pledge, all this stuff. All right, not only, like, start giving me that. Now, some fraternities, they'll, they'll give you, like, little piecemeal stuff while you're doing your pledge shit because they don't, if it doesn't work out, they don't want you to have all this information. Now, I was kind of fast-tracked. And um, while I'm towards the beginning phases of this stuff, um, things are going on. Now, this fraternity, this is heavy fraternity activity at this particular spot I was in. So there's tons of shit going on. You know, I told I told the viewers you know, the stories about the, my first day there, slashing, stabbing, fighting, group fights, just all kinds of shit going on. So there's, for every time you see someone get shot, as we call it in here, did I tell you this? When someone gets stabbed, we call it getting shot? No, but we, uh, the viewers don't know that, neither did I. Yeah, so like uh, for every for every time someone gets shot, there's a whole political thing that happens and decision-making that happens behind the scenes to it. Um which I wasn't really ever privy to before I'd been around the fraternity. And um, so while all this is going on, I'm the eager kid with, the, with his hand, in, hand up in the back of the classroom, like, ooh, 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 pick, pick me, pick me. Now, things are coming up. Situations are coming up. And like I said, you're not supposed to take part in any of this while you're still pledging. But I raised my hand enough to where they were like, okay, I, you know what I mean? I guess so. So something came up that was a, a little righteous endeavor as I saw it. Not that I think it. I probably would have done whatever anyways at the time because I don't, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't doing shit halfway. So we had, um, it was a really good fraternity brother and we'll just call him Jay. Cool as hell. It was actually from Chicago. And um, was just a, a good guy, give you the shirt off his back, knew a lot of stuff. And, and, you know, you're real close to your bunkies in level four. And he had a bunkie that he was real cool with, you know, didn't have a lot of shit. He'd let him watch his TV, let him listen to his player, he let, you know, he shared food with them. Now, Jay was no pushover, but he was a nice guy, you know, but he's also from the land, as they call Chicago. That's what, if you're in a fraternity from there, you call it the land. So he's from the land. He knows much shit. Cool as hell, though. But you can tell he's not a pushover. At some point, we're out on the yard, and I, I think you, uh, you, you, the viewers will remember me talking about a specific uh, employee of that place that was a, a real asshole that set people up and shit. Oh yeah, yeah, the dirty cop. Yeah. So we're out on the small yard, one of the forty-five minute things, uh, uh, little uh, yards that we got. And um, this guy comes out while while Jay's working out and tells him to cuff up. So he cuffs up. Another cop comes and takes him away. And C- cuffs up, cuffs up, mean, cu- cuffs up means uh, put your hands behind your back yeah. so I can uh, get yeah. you yoked up. Okay. Yep. So that happens, and he's led away, and then the cop starts kicking at the ground right by where Jay was working out, doing push-ups. Now, this is a small yard. There's only – and every rock goes out there at a different – time and works out so there's no area of control that you actually control he's doing push-ups but in this one workout spot where everyone works out well the cop kills some kicks and pulls out a knife so now he's saying he saw him put that knife and i know he didn't put that knife there 
I was like out there with him. He wasn't doing. If anyone had to do something like that, they probably would ask me to do something like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that wasn't going on. So anyways, he goes to the hole, and his bunkie, who I was friends with, who's from Joe's way, Grand Rapids, and one of the nicknames they give people from Grand Rapids is Gunru for whatever reason. I still haven't got to the bottom of it. So we'll call him Gunru. So Gunru and me had been cool, like we had kicked it as a light-skinned dude, black dude. Well, I'm probably 24 in the story. He's probably about 24 or something. So we had kicked it and shit. And I mean, when you when you're in level four on your rock, there's 50 people that you're with all the time, so you know everyone. Everyone knows each other. I actually loaned him this um, this um, book I had about the Mongol Empire and stuff, and he actually had it had it at the time when Jay went to the home. So me and Gunru were cool. You know, he was all right. One last before and kicked it. Well, when Jay goes to the hole, he starts acting weird. Now, there wasn't a long-term laydown, so Jay's only in the hole for like a week. Now, I think for whatever reason, Gunru assumed he was going to ride out to another joint and he'd be completely gone. So he's acting weird, and Jay ends up sending words out and says, hey, man, listen, when they went and packed me up, because when you go to the hole, the, the COs will come in there and pack all your property up, and they'll put it in a bag, and they'll go through it with you while you're in the hole, and you know what you're, they'll give you an inventory list. So Jason's word out and says, hey, look, man, I'm missing like $100 in food. And now there's only one person that could, could have taken it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Bunk, Gun roof. Bunky fucked Bunky got down on him and was acting real funny and like, damn, did you, oh, and when we heard... He he kept asking, have you heard from Jay? Have you heard from Jay? Oh, tell him I got him, blah, blah, blah. I made sure he got his TV and all this other thing. And then when we get words, we're like, oh, shit. He, you know what I mean? So they end up letting Jay out. But, but in level four, there's two units, and it's divided. Do you think I need to remind uh, – interruption from Freddie Schnertz. Uh, I don't know if this is necessary or not, but we've gone over words before. And uh, when you send words, you're basically passing a note like you're in – uh, junior high or whatever, only in prison, it's a real tiny little wadded up piece of paper that could just be litter with real small written, you know, words, uh, instructions or whatever it may be. In this case, this that's how uh, Jay gets his gets words out, right? Yeah, especially when you're in the hole, you can't really, if you don't, if there's someone who works in the hole, you can tell them to tell somebody something, but if it's confidential shit, that you don't want him knowing, you give him words. And mm-hmm. you, you tape it up a certain way. Okay, so... Now, Jay was the only person... There's people on our side of the road, but the only person on my rock that was uh, the specific fraternity. You know what I mean? So we were close, man. I, I really liked, liked him. I like him. And uh, he's a good dude, man. But, you know, I just... We hung out a lot. He was cool as hell. And I was furious... I was really, I was really pissed that Gunru would do this, would take advantage of this fucking guy when he had the opportunity, especially when you're supposed to be a convict, you know, um, allegedly someone, uh, someone that works for the institution does him wrong, and your 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 reaction is to is to use that as an opportunity to fuck this dude over, who is looking out for you, you know what I mean? That's like, that's why. It like encapsulated it with such a rep, like such an accurate representation of why these fraternities exist. He might go away. He might you might never see him again. But if you fuck him over on some slime ball shit, he has brothers that is going to make it to where you can't just get down and get away with it. You know what I mean? And I didn't know at the time. I didn't really care. But, but mainly because I didn't know at the time because I wasn't real deep into the politics behind everything. He was affiliated with a fraternity, a religious-based fraternity, which is obviously racially. But whatever, I, at this point, it doesn't matter. So I was like, I know I'm, I know I'm just a pledge, but I'm down there, so, like, what's up? And I'm, I'm already raising my hand before. I'm already, like, going during chow or whenever, you know, at our NAAA um, rendezvous. I'm like, so what's up, man? Like, what's going on? Like, like, what are we, like, what's happening? You know, and it's mentioned like, yeah, well, 
when you're a pledge and you're not really supposed to do this, but, you know, you're the only one. To, and I said, don't even, listen, I don't even, you could damn near forbid this shit or, or turn a real frown towards it. And I'm, I'm like ready to, this is fucked up, man. I'm, and they're like, basically like, all right, yeah, smash this bitch ass. And I'm like, bet. What exactly do you mean by smash? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, do I need a, a banger? Did we go over that? Those, that term? A banger is how you would shoot somebody. A banger is how you stab yeah. or the yeah. device you use. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, do I need a banger? And they're like, no, just just smash them, just crash them. And I'm like, again. But I get the, I get the, the you know, you know, make an example. You don't need any um, accessories. But the rule is, this is the, well, the only two things they, that was uh, said to this character in the story <laughs> was uh, one, try to get away with it if you can, but that's secondary. If you can, was emphasized, be smart about it type shit. And number two, make sure there's someone there to secure you, which means you want another fraternity member there to make sure shit doesn't go sideways. And if it does, there will be. So I'm like, um, okay. Here's the thing. We're we got our one of the call outs we have together, me and Gunru, is is Jim. There's no other brothers over there. There's no other bros over there. And they're like, Well, maybe you have to and I say, Listen, here's the deal. I'm gonna when I see him and there's an opportunity, I'm crashing him. That that's just it and then I don't care if I'm alone or not. You know? And so they're trying to figure out a way. They're like, well, don't do anything today. And they're trying to figure out a way to where there can be another bro over there on this call out. And even if they're not, just walk in there to be able to secure me. And I'm like, well, yeah, you guys figure that out. While you do that, tomorrow morning I got this call out over here. And so I, there was a, there was a, it was an indoor gym, basketball court, and there was a heavy bag in the corner. And I used to just hit the heavy bag with this Mexican cat named Lolo, cool as hell, boxer. So we just hit that bag all the time. We'd be all over in our corner doing our thing. So we're in there, and I say, listen, man, this isn't, you don't really need to know all about this, but this is what's about to happen today. You know what I mean? So just, I'm not, you're going to wonder why I'm not gassing myself out on this heavy bag. This is why. So he's like, all right. So they're playing basketball, and I'm in there, and I'm like uh, waiting for my opportunity. Like, when am I going to do this? You know how you go through shit in your mind before something like this? You could imagine. Of course. Like, okay, now now a good time. There's a bunch of people over. He's got a bunch of friends. Blah 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 blah. I know this guy. We're we're cool, and he still was like kind of taking my temperature, like Gino, what's up? Are you good? Or like making little comments. But you know, when you really can, your antennas are up, and you can really read someone. You're like, he's he's suspicious. He's like trying to figure out like what the temperature is or whatever. So I'm over there like pretending to hit the bag and getting. And Lolo is instantly like, well, look, I'm I'm on you, bro. I I'm securing you. How about that? And I'm like, look, you ain't got to do. You know what I'm saying? You don't have it to do anything he's like well fuck you i am basically how i was on some like well i don't need to be you know i'm gonna take care of this shit when i get the opportunity you can you guys can be mad at me later if you want he's on the same tip he's like well i fuck with you so uh, you know i got you and i'm like whatever so they're actually playing gunroo's team's actually playing it's a pickup game playing basketball now i can tell like the game's about over so they lose and his team starts coming off the off the court and now, one of the great things about the gym was there was no cameras in there at the time. But there was the the CEO that worked, they would do rounds and they would check in there. And then there was also, like, from the hallway, there was an in, uh, intervening, like, room in between the hallway. And there was big windows on both sides to where he, the, the station where he sat, if you looked through those windows, you could see into the gym. You couldn't see every corner of it. So I'm like... Whatever, it's now or never. Like, let's go, fucking do this shit. So he gets off the court, and I'm like, I start walking over there, and Lolo's behind me, and uh, Gunru walks up, like starts walking up, like sees me coming over there, and now we're like right on the right on the um, out of bounds line of the court on the side side of the court, where if there were teams and coaches, they'd be the city. So I'm walking over there to him, and I'm like, okay, let's fucking do this shit. And as he walks up, sees me walking up, he turns and starts walking to me. And he goes, uh, I'm trying to remember the exact words he said. He said something to the effect of, uh, what's up now? Like, what's up now? Like, threw his hands up, right? And I'm like, I'm about to show you what's up. So I just throw a straight right. And as I throw the punch, he smiles. Like, he was playing with me. He's like, what's up now? But, like, 
ha ha ha, like you want to shadow box. You know how you would do a friend, like when you're green, like what's up, bro, and like play around. So, but I've already let this thing loose. So I let loose and I clip him in the chin, just knees buckle, grabs my shirt, and pulls me down on top of him. Now we're, I'm punching him, we're grappling, and somehow I'm, I'm kind of like on bottom, like he's on top of me, and but I'm pulling his head down, and. People start backing up, and Lolo's, like, got a whole perimeter spread around me. Now, as he went down, like, in the momentum, I went, he was on top of me, but I, I swept him. I slung, slung him over the other way and just ended up, uh, like, working under host till I got full mount and just smashed him as they wanted me to. You know what I mean? Just, and I'm telling him, I'm like, you want to you steal, bitch? You want to steal? And just hammer fist, elbows, just, man, and to where it ends up, um, through all the tussle, we're in center court or the basketball court, and obviously everything stopped. And there's just everyone's watching. You know, in the center court where they got like the actual circle thing, like we're like on the edge of that, we're like touching it. And I'm just elbow punch, elbow elbow punch. And he's—I don't realize this at the time—he reaches, re, had reached up and scraped real long fingernails, scratched the like palm the back of my head with both hands if you're fucking and opening the cantaloupe or something and just raked his nails down the side the back of my head and so i end up hitting him to where his head bounces off the thing and he loses consciousness not fully but he's like moving a little bit but he's out of it and so i see that and i'm like okay now's the time to get up and i can fly so i get up and lolo's like missing a gun but if he it almost like he's holding everyone off like it's like you would see in a movie like someone with a gun like no one get me closer <laughs> and i don't think any of these guys really wanted to do anything they were just watching um so i end up thumping his head off the damn floor a couple times and then get up and on my way out lolo goes here stop stop and so i stop and he throws me a uh his hat is like an orange winter hat and i was bleeding from the back of my head from being scratched so i put the winter hat out and i slide i, I skate and then make it back to my, my house where Chop was. Now, Chop was in there. Chop, if you ever talk to me, I'll tell you about this. So I'm standing in the doorway seeing what happens because this dude's mashed up. Like, his, he's fucked up. So I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know how he's going to... So I'm standing there, and he comes through the... About five minutes later, he comes through with someone, like, helping him through the door and down the stairs, and they let him go because it wasn't a rock, and he, like, stumbles into his uh, cell, which is across, like... But yeah, like two diagonal cells. Like I could, I could shoot a car over there. Remember, we were talking, I could shoot a car to him, to the left. And so I'm standing in my doorway because it's it's yard time for us. So our doors are open, and I'm looking at him, and he goes inside, and he has a shirt pulled over, like over his head, like it's raining out. <clears throat> and so I'm like, oh, okay, so he's back. Like what's up? And uh, he starts talking shit from. Uh, from in the cell like this that and the other thing and chops like he's trying to dry snitch he's like saying shit like you got lucky type shit blah 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 blah. he comes to the door and his eye is swollen shut he's got a cut over his eye his lips he looks like he's in a car wreck and i'm like okay so what's going to happen now because he's not going to be able to go to chow or anything and he ends up going up on base and this is where chop is all mad because he chops says he dry snitched which is like telling but not telling. I don't think he did because he went he went past him, which he should have just laid down in the room if he was a real convict. But he walks past him. They said, hey, come here. What the fuck happened to your face? And he goes through like split lips. He goes, basketball. <laughs> so to me, he held water. He never told. He never said what happened. But he did, go walk, he did go walk right in front of cops. Yeah. Yeah, 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 he did walk in front of the cop. And uh, when he was talking shit, I was like, whatever, bro. I said, I've seen what you have. You got nothing. You, be- you know what I mean? Like, you better hope that was the end of it. And so I didn't also didn't know this at the time. You can't. Now he has to go. Now he can't be there because he's the frat would say he's a security threat. You know what I mean? But because of, uh, he was all mashed up and shit, they cuffed him up and, like, took him to wherever the hell they were going to take him. And they ended up popping him in the other unit where Jay was at, in the other level four unit. You know, that's because Jay couldn't get to him because he was over there. He wasn't around him. And Jay was had been STG'd, which is like classified by the institution as a fraternity member, and he couldn't go to college. So take care of all that shit, do my thing. And then it just spreads because I was in an event. You know what I'm saying? It was in the middle of the basketball court. Everyone's seen it. And so this is probably been there a couple of weeks. I've probably been in the joint like 
maybe a month. And this is the first time I laid down a demo of any sort. And as immature as it is or whatever you want to call it, it carries. And you get a certain um, security out of, out of the fact that everyone's seen you're about that life and you're not, the, you know what I'm saying? And so it went around and everyone was, because I was they grappled with them and got in full mouth, I feel like everyone was calling the UFC for a while. <laughs> I was like, all right, settle down. I was so fucking fighting the basketball court. But I took it and um, I did it so quick so without anyone there that it earned a lot of creds with, some of the other with all of my fellow fraternity members you know what I mean and then they seen how fucked up he was and they're like that's a good look because if I would went in there and got whooped it wouldn't have really been my fault if I lost but it's not a good look brand wise you know what I mean for the frat and right so, yeah for the frat so they were like everyone was talking about it for the next couple of days and you know talking about how he drives snitched and how you know damn you see so and so did this and that happened and blah 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 and so I'm, like, riding that wave, and, and the fraternity loves it. And I didn't realize, though, because he was part of a thing and was so more careless and fearless about it, but he was he, – he might it didn't cross in my mind that he might be part of something. You know what I mean? You have one minute remaining. So, um, so then there was this whole political thing that spawned out of that that had to be squashed and it was ended up being squashed because they started mobbing up and shit It ended up being squashed by just laying the facts out. And they were like, Oh yeah, he was out of law. He did. He was fucked up. He had that one coming. And since there was no accessories and no one jumped in and it was fair, they let it be. Because it's part of their bylaws that stealing is slime ball shit too. So if one of their guys is stealing and then gets his ass kicked for it, it's like, eh, well, sorry, bud. You know, we're not going to retaliate for that. It seems like that, you know, that's a clear violation. Yeah. they There was there was some that were looking for, for it because it looked bad. Uh, it was bad for their brand. But, but you know, their, their uh, senior member talked to one of, you know, our fraternity and was like, you know, laid it out there. And he's like, yeah, you're right. He was bogged for doing that shit. He should have been doing that. Um, I'm going to hit you right back. So, well, we, can I interrupt the Freddie interruption? Yeah, I wish you would. Yeah, well, uh, this one, it might not even be that important, but I would just like to remind the viewers that um, this is, of course, a fictitious story, and all stories are alleged and pretty much just make-believe on all of it. So, uh, oh, fuck, I got something in my eye again. Oh, go ahead, Bobby. Uh, yeah, yeah, this is just uh, this is what happens when you're bored. and you. So, this guy... Our protagonist, who is, has, happens to be named Bobby as well, goes by Chino. So I'm walking around with my fucking chest out down, you know what I mean, for a couple of days, like, oh, that, no big deal. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Talk of the walk. But, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, I was uh, living it up a little bit, and this was um, while I was still a pledge member, which, like, even more fast-tracked me. And, you know, this was the first time I um, allegedly definitely never happened put in work for uh for the fraternity and it uh, it was like my first real taste or example of how perception perception is everything in here i was treated differently after that like i was never disrespected or anything but it was more like i just was treated differently by by almost everyone, especially because so many people saw it too, and luckily, I got you know what I mean. They never they they rewound cameras, but the cameras stopped this before they put all of them in. Before it went, there was none in the gym, you know what I mean. So there was everyone that was in there could have been involved, and he played was playing basketball, and basketball is a dangerous sport, you know what I mean. You can you can repeatedly fall and hit your head on the on the court. So so. So there, that happens. Now, a little side note, a little after the fact, postscript. They end up popping them out back in the other unit where Jay is. Right? That's what I wanted to get now, to. Immediately, I was like, oh, does that mean it's not over? Okay, but he's not on Jay's rock, right? <laughs> and Jay's on a bunch of LOP because of the banger, right? So he doesn't really have much access to get to him. The banger that was planted on him. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, or it was just said that was in his general vicinity. But the same motherfucker that that found a razor in Chop's area of control. Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, but but he, he that was when oh. Scott got there. That Chapa was already gone. That was when Scott was there. Yeah, that happened afterwards. Yeah. Where I had warned, you know, oh, but it's not like uh, Scott could have really avoided that one. He really didn't do anything. So TJ, as you remember, which is like, I don't know what it's called when you're pledging somewhere and you got like a benefactor or whatever. That's so your big brother. He's over. That's big bro. Yeah, big bro's, big bro's over there. Now, over there in that unit, they were looser and they were more like free moving with the CLs were cooler over there. So I'm like, yo, what's going to happen? He's like, don't worry about it. I said, now listen, he has my Mongols book. So whatever happens to him, go get my fucking, my Mongols book. Find that shit, right? Now, Gunru had just got a, a player. That is, we used to have MP, uh, MP3 players um, that might do much less than the tablet we, we got for, we can get for 40 bucks now. They were a $135 little shitty MP3 player. I got one of the old ones. <laughs> So he had just got one of those. I remember he was all excited about it before all this shit happened. So TJ says, oh, I'm going to go in there, have him pop his door, and I'm going I'm to fucking crash him because he's got to go. He's gotta, he can't be here anymore because he's a security threat. He's got to lock up. So sometimes they won't lock up. Sometimes you got to uh, thump on them until the, the institution realizes and goes, oh, we better get this guy out of here. He's got shit's been consistently happening. They know what it is. I'm like, what do you mean, pop the door? This is level four. How are you going to... Because uh, TJ may or may not have been a laundry man, which means he was out more. Apparently, this is all completely legend. If you were... There was so much shit going on at this facility that as long as you weren't going to stab someone, the, the little button pushers and button controllers over in that unit may or may not let you, if they fuck with you, if they like you, they might just pop a door and let you slide in there and take care of your business as long as you promise not to stab anybody. <laughs> so Whoa. that's what happened. The kid is asleep. Door just magically pops open. Someone, TJ slides in there, beats the shit out of him, breaks his MP3 player, and looks for my book. But can't ask him about my book. We can't, <laughs> can't find it. I never get the goddamn book back. <laughs> so, to, you know, pumped on him a little bit and was like, look, you got to go. And then um, he ended up going. And that was how that one ended and was the first time, the first little little string of things. Now, he wasn't a full-fledged, he was a pledge of another place. He wasn't a full-fledged one. So I think it was a lot easier to just to, to them for them to wash their hands of him because he did bogue shit. It wasn't no righteous thing he did. He was out. He was out of line. Broke convict code. All that shit. And they were just kind of like, well, rather than go to war, yeah, a war that they probably would have lost. Um, we're just gonna. Everything's fine. We're all good now. He's out of here anyways. And so that's how the um, the first uh, week unfolded. The first uh, volunteer work I was ever involved in <laughs> in the joint. Wow. That must have made you, uh, I'm sure your bros were like, whoa, look at new guy. Hey, attaboy, new guy. You know, I don't know what you do in the pen, if it's like high fives or it's like, uh, you know, I don't know. I just think it's attaboy fest for the, you know. Yeah, there was an attaboy fest. And what, before, a little thing that before the final thing happened with TJ, when he first got over there, um, there was another person that was um, a, was um, a pledge at another spot in um he was like a young, a flunky, a uh, crash test dummy, as we call him, who someone had like tried to bring around, which ends up it is a huge problem for fraternities. Is they bring people around so they can use them as crash test dummies, and then they show up, they stab somebody or they cut somebody or whatever they do, they show up at the next joint because they get rode out and they get their level gets up, so they show up at a level four, and they're like, oh yeah, so and so brought me around, and now I'm one of you, and you're like, no, you're not, and you know what's the so there was this kid who was like a. He was one of those um, junkies, the gangbanger types, you know. Um, he was a good kid. He was just a nerd, not a nerd, but he wasn't like cut for this life. You can kind of tell, and a lot of the, a lot of the members were like, "Man, get fucking what's what's the deal with him?" You know what I mean? Like, let's get him together. Like, I remember uh, giving him some cool, like some clothes that I had that were decent, letting him use my trimmers to cut his hair, and she like, "Get yourself together," because you know hygiene's one of the things on our rules too. Like, keep yourself together. So they sent him at him afterwards, right? Like the next day when they pop him out on the other unit, he gets beat up by, by Gunru. Gunru beats him up. And so, kind of like, 
So I'm like, ooh, you need Pops to go back over there and show you how it's done. <laughs> and uh, But turns out, getting... he, it turns out your big bro was over there, and he's like, no, I got this. He's like, yeah, don't even trip. I'm going to show you. Yeah, I'm going to show you how to do it. I got this, and he did. And uh, so, yeah, so that was, um, that's like when, you know, just a good little example of one of the early circumstances of being thrown into the jungle, you know, the way it unfolds. And, uh, you know, I'm not, def- definitely not, you know, a bunch of people are probably going to hear this and be like, fucking knucklehead and shit. And rightfully so. But, you know, that's what happened. That's what it, in this in this fictitious story, you know, that's some of the things uh, someone like me might be doing in here when they first uh, are thrown to the goddamn wolves for 12 years, you know? Yeah, and after talking to Mama C, she was uh, completely supportive. Oh, hey, yeah. Whatever you got to do, whatever you got to do. <laughs> Which I kind of bothered me. I loved it, but it kind of bothered me. And I'm like, really? What? And uh, I don't know if I said this in there. Did I tell you about how she was like, to, to set her mind at ease, I pointed at a dude and then I was like, you see that guy? His people need to worry about me. They need to worry about him and be worried about me doing something. I'm not a, you got this shit for, I was kind of insulted, you know what I mean? She's like, are you okay in there? Is anyone hurting you? She would say shit like this. <laughs> and I'm like, you know me. When have I ever, been, you know what I mean? I'm like, when have I ever been a been pushed around or been a victim no one's fucking with me in here no i'm fine would you tell me you'd tell me if they were right and i'm like listen you see that guy right there and i point and he like looks over he's <laughs> like a joe looking dude right he looks over and i go his family needs to be worried about me not the other way around you know what i mean i'm fine in here don't you know that doesn't set her mind at ease because plenty of people get stabbed and slashed and fucked up in here that um that aren't soft and aren't hoes but you know, she was like, she's so protective that she's just like, if anyone hurt me, you tell you, you hurt you, you tell me, right? I'm like, yeah, I'd tell you. Now settle down. People are going to hear you. <laughs> right. Shh. Yeah. Shh. So, uh, yeah, welcome to prison, as Mama C would say. Yeah, so there we go. Another dark episode. Wonderful. Is it dark? It didn't. I don't know. I so. it, well, as when I when I put myself in your shoes, which I don't even know that I could survive any of that. But it's like, God damn! That's and the fact that, uh, or not the fact, but the alleged fact that TJ can have institutional oh. agreements to mm-hmm. get into somebody's while they're sleeping. Yeah. That blew my mind. He's like, don't worry about it. I got it. And I'm like, uh, okay. All right. You know what I mean? And uh, there's a a real thing, and we've talked about this, and and I I get, I I love our viewers, all those pebbles out there, who give me the benefit of the doubt. Some of them work in academia. Some of them, you know, do all kinds of different jobs. And some, a lot of them are housewives and just, whatever just stand up citizens give me the benefit of the doubt and i appreciate it and and, you know you especially like you know i try to convey like listen this isn't like a normal this isn't high school this isn't junior high there's a lot of aspects like that but you know people get killed in here and uh you're not so worried about when when i'm in those moments i'm not thinking there's going to be a time when i write a fictitious story about it and then i'm conveying that fictitious story to somebody and the scenario and the circumstances we're in now, right? I'm not thinking about how is this going to play out when, uh, old Susie homemaker hears this later, years later, you know? And so I appreciate all of our viewers and you and for being able to kind of give me the benefit of the doubt. Like, yeah, I don't really know what I do in there and, you know, not being all judgy and shit. Yeah. We need to, you know, after hearing this story, there, Blaze needs to up his game. Oh, he's got some great ones too, and this ain't even. This is just uh, the first. Well, this is just the first little example of me like wet behind the ears and the joint. Like, ooh, 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 what's up? Oh yeah, a righteous endeavor. Like, like I keep saying righteous, but you know something that I stand on. That you know me in the world, I would do this if someone. If I found out, you could vouch for this. If, some, if I found out someone robbed you, 
and I ran into that guy somewhere, come on, you already know what it is. Even if you told me not to do anything to the guy, I'd fuck him up. So, you know, this this was like this this was like a good a thing that you weren't gonna it was gonna be hard for you for them to um, keep me from doing. You know what I mean? And it was a good way to like to to earn my stripes allegedly in here. And I should also say this, any uh, fraternity uh, business in this fictitious story is um, all past tense. Um, if if anyone like me was ever involved, they are no longer involved. And uh, that's all official. So this is all a, a story of reformation and growth and all that stuff. Well, there is, uh, we do have some more stories about that type of stuff. And, uh, I can imagine this is you as a pledge, and then years later, you become, you know, you have the yard at a whole different facility. So in my mind, that means there's probably some other work that you must have done to get you to the status of having the yard. Yeah, there's other details that will be told, I'm sure. I'll, you know, once I write some new stuff. You have one minute remaining. And, uh, you know, we've been teasing this, but there's this, the Guy Ritchie story that I've had to take copious notes on to make sure I get everything straight and, like, the way it's delivered, that there's some shit there. And then there's another one where someone loses an eyeball. What? What shit's going on? I didn't, I don't, I I haven't heard that one. Well, you're fine. You haven't heard the one I just told you either. But this one, there's some nutty shit going on. Holy shit. What are we going um, One forty-two. Are you ready to wrap it up? We'll leave it with uh, dude loses an eyeball. Yeah, that's fine. Um, do you feel like hanging up on somebody? What, you got somebody next to you? And he shook his head. No, he heard me. <laughs> All right. He said, I'm not going to fall for it twice. <laughs> we love you, Coral. All right. All right. On behalf of me, Chino, and the Nine Finger Mexican. Thank you for using GTL. We gone. To learn more about Bobby and prison reform, go to notesfromthepen.com. This has been another Notes from the Pen production. <laughs>